Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to this podcast edition of A Look at the Book. As we begin another week of study, we want to look at a five-hour series on CDs that will help you to understand who the Palestinian people are today. The title of this series, Esau and the Palestinians. You need to understand so that your worldview will be better in focus as it relates to Bible prophecy and current events. Esau and the Palestinians is a study that will enhance that understanding of why things are going on in the Middle East, even as we speak to you right now. If you would take a few moments now and listen at the conclusion of this study, I'll tell you how you can get the entire study of Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour study on CDs. I'll be back in a moment to tell you that, but now let's listen to the study. I want to talk about Petra, a place of prophecy. Chapter 14 of Zechariah, verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. The day of the Lord, any time in history, when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth. The day of the Lord starts at the rapture of the church. Goes through the seven-year period of time. Goes through the second coming of Jesus Christ. Goes through the thousand-year millennial kingdom. Goes to the great white throne judgment. The day of the Lord, in a general sense, is a thousand and seven years long. The day of the Lord, when you see that phrase, and it's used throughout all the minor prophets, you need to know what the day of the Lord is. It's key to understanding biblical prophecy. The day of the Lord, in the general sense, a thousand and seven years long, from the rapture to the great white throne judgment. The day of the Lord, in a specific sense. For example, in the book of Joel, chapter 3, and here in Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 1, the day of the Lord is the day Jesus Christ comes back. That's the specific use of that interpretation of what the day of the Lord is. Now, chapter 14, verse 1, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Verse 2, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The battle of Armageddon should better be called the campaign of Armageddon. The campaign of Armageddon doesn't start in the Jezreel Valley. It starts in the city of Jerusalem. That's where Armageddon starts. The campaign starts in Jerusalem. All the armies of the world. Somebody asked me, where's the United States in prophecy? This is the only verse in Scripture where the United States is included in prophecy. Because it says, all the nations shall gather at Jerusalem. If America is still around, they will gather at the city of Jerusalem the day of the Lord. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women shall be vanished. That means that many of them will be raped. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from that city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Now keep your finger here. Go to chapter 19 of Revelation. We'll come back to Zechariah. So keep your finger there. Verse 11. God in the heavenlies looks out upon the earth. He sees all this happening. It's after a seven-year tribulation period. He sees all the armies of the world. There are approximately 172 nations in this world. For argument's sake, let's say 100 nations gather there. And their armies are sent there. Let's say they all have a million-man army. And so let's say that 100 million soldiers, this is a point of discussion only. I have no scripture to back up these numbers. 
I think they're very, very conservative. 100 million soldiers gather at Jerusalem to do battle against the Lord. They ravish the city. They rape half the women. They put the rest of them in jail. They kill many of them. And God out of the heavenlies looking. This is after seven years of tribulation. Chapter 19, verse 11 of Revelation. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven, that's you and me, who have gone to the heavenlies with the rapture of the church, are there in heavenly, heavens with him, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Keep your finger here, we'll come back. Now go to Zechariah chapter 14 again. Zechariah chapter 14. I'm simply reading the scenario that will happen at the time of the end. Chronologically how it unfolds. You see, you cannot separate prophecy from prophecy. The book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 says there is no prophecy of private interpretation. You cannot let one prophecy contradict another. They have to conform to each other. They have to complement each other, not contradict each other. And so now we read what happens next. All the armies are gathered at Jerusalem. God looks out of heavenlies. Jesus Christ gets on his white horse. We get on our white horses. We're coming back to the earth. Now chapter 14, verse 4 in Zechariah. And his feet shall stand in that day. What day? The day he's coming upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. It splits and from east to west or west to east, whichever direction you want to look at where you're standing, the Mount of Olives is going to split. It's going to move more north and south. It's going to create a valley. Look what happens with the valley. Verse 5. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains. Not the Jews. The Jews are not fleeing. Jesus Christ just came back. The Jews don't have to flee. Their protector is there. Who's going to flee are those who are gathered at Jerusalem. Those armies, over 100 million soldiers, valley opens up in the Mount of Olives, opening up the way. Look where they're going to flee to. And you shall flee to the Valley of the Mountains. You know what the Valley of the Mountains is? It's the Jezreel Valley. You stand at Megiddo, behind you is Mount Carmel. Across the way is the mountains of uh, Nazareth. Up north of you is the mountains of, the, uh, of the Galilee. Directly across Mount Tabor. Then there's Mount Moray. You look down the Jezreel Valley on the right-hand side, uh, the mountain ranges, the mountains of Samaria. All those mountains. This is the Valley of the Mountains. Napoleon said the Jezreel Valley is the most strategic battlefield on all the earth. You can fight in the daytime, bivouac at night on the mountainside, re-strategize, and come back to the valley to fight the next day. So they flee to the Valley of the Mountains. Now there's going to be a time period because Jesus Christ has to build the temple in the city of Jerusalem when he comes back before the battle of Armageddon takes place. Another story, but let's continue. Go back to chapter 19 now of Revelation. Revelation chapter 19. Jesus has just stepped down on the Mount of Olives. He builds the temple. 
100 million soldiers. And at this period in time, I do believe the Bible is probably literal when it's talking about they're moving on horseback. We will have had seven years of terrible fighting. Wars and rumors of wars, nations against nation, kingdom against kingdom, people against people, family against family. Probably all the troop carriers are going to be destroyed. Probably won't have jets. Probably won't have uh, big personnel helicopters. They're probably going to be traveling on foot or maybe horseback, like I believe the Bible's literal, as we move to this great battle of Armageddon. It's not going to be a nuclear war. Whoever says that does not know what they're talking about. It's not going to be a nuclear war over here. Because it says in Revelation that the horses will be killed and the birds will pick the flesh off of these horses and the mighty men. That is literal. It's not symbolic. How's a bird going to pick the flesh off of a jeep or a tank? What the God's Word says is what it means. I believe it with all of my heart. Now, verse 15, he goes to the Jezreel Valley. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress and the fiercest the wrath of Almighty God. He treadeth the winepress with the fiercest the wrath of Almighty God. Go back to chapter 14 of Revelation. Revelation chapter 14, a couple pages back. Verses 19 and 20 give us a glimpse of this time that we're talking about. Revelation chapter 14, 19 and 20. And the angel thrust in his sickle unto the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city. The city is Jerusalem. Trodden without the city. And blood came up out of the winepress, even to the horse's bridle, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That's a hundred and seventy-six miles translated. And the blood, it says, is going to flow out of the bodies of the individuals, the horses in that battle, and will flow as high as the horse's bridle for a hundred and seventy-six miles. You think that's literal, Jimmy? Yes, I think it's literal. Absolutely, I think it's literal. Over in Hagerstown, was that uh, valley of blood there from, how long was that? Okay, I'm not sure how, I think somebody told me it was about three miles long. Two feet high for three miles, blood flowed in Hagerstown in one of the great wars there. That's talking about the mother of all battles. The blood flowing as high as a horse's right. Remember how many soldiers were there? One hundred million. Six quarts of blood, that's 600 million quarts of blood. 176 miles, that's 60 quarts of blood for every foot for 176 miles. I think it's literal. Flowing as high as a horse's bridle. Flows as high as a horse's bridle. Got that picture in your mind? How it all starts? At Jerusalem, the campaign starts. They ravish the city. A hundred million soldiers gathered there. Jesus Christ comes out of the heavenlies. He comes back, plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. It splits. It opens up a valley. They flee to the valley of the mountains. Jesus builds his temple for the millennial kingdom. He then goes to the Jezreel Valley. He speaks and a sword cometh out of his mouth. And it says, I don't know what he says. Maybe he just says, die! And they die. And the blood comes out as high as a horse's bridle. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've studied together Esau and the Palestinians. Now, the entire study is a five-hour study. It's on CD, it's in audio, and it is available to you. If you call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, 
That's a toll-free number from all across America. You can order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. We trace from Esau all the way to the Palestinian people of today, and we show you in God's prophetic word what is going to be the scenario for the last days as it relates to the Palestinian and the Jewish people. That series, again, Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour audio study on CD. Call that toll-free number, 877-674-3298, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and you'll be able to order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for listening to this podcast and our study about the Palestinian people and how they come from their ancient descendant Esau. Remember, Jesus Christ is coming, and it could be today. So let's keep looking up until...